Hello? Hi. Hello? Hello? You guys out there? <sighs> yes, Clint? I'm here. <laughs> Clint finishing up a Jack Link's cheddar curd and beef stick. <laughs> And washing it down with washing the, it down with an ice cold Bud Light it doesn't get any better than that, does it? And then I'm going to follow it up with a cold crafted beef and pepper jack stick. Oh, would you not eat lunch today? I did not have lunch. Yeah, uh, you can tell this is lunch. You know when somebody didn't eat lunch, they go right to the uh, cold snack cooler and uh, chow down on the Jack Links for the first 20 minutes they're here, which is what it's here for, right? Give you a little fuel for your uh, mind, so you can form complete sentences and articulate correctly he's still eating <laughs> he can't talk mm, mm, yes mm -hmm. it's kind of being hungry out even you know on your daily deal or out hunting is the worst in and the longer it goes on it just your mind drifts weird places I, uh, mine does anyway it's like when you have to go to the bathroom and you don't go, and it's just sitting there, and you're just worried. Just you can't think of or accomplish any task until you go do something. I would argue <laughs> that we are the worst eaters as far as timing goes when it comes to hunting. We as in humans or no, us three? No, we as in us three. I, I, I feel like every time we go, we never eat anything for breakfast. You never want to Coffee. sacrifice any of the good stands in the morning, so you just hunt all through those. <laughs> yeah. And then always, at some point, somebody breaks open one. Because it's not that we don't have the stuff. Coolers full of stuff, trucks full of stuff. Just never eat it. And then all of a sudden it hits. And then we eat four cans of <laughs> uh, smoked clams, a bottle of Tapatio, six bags of jerky, four bags of potato chips, <laughs> wash it down with 14 beers. And then you don't want to get out of the truck anymore. Instead of having, you know, a, a little bit of something in the morning, a little bit something, it's like nothing and then everything. We do it every time. I every time. That's the beauty of Jack Ling's jerky right there. Right. Right on stand, 15 minutes into a stand, you're getting bored, your stomach's growling, and you reach into your bag. and You should do that, but delicious don't do that. Enough. No, enough, yeah. It gets eaten. I'm not saying it's not getting eaten, but it always gets eaten all at once. At about 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> that You'll remember this from here on out, and you'll go, up. Oh, that guy's right. Boy's right. I think I, reminiscing, and I, and I think that's what we want to talk about today on Where the Pavement Ends is just I want to relive some of our some of the glory days. Glory some of the good, good times we'd have over the last 10 years. I mean, obviously that we've all had a bunch of hunts with each other, and other people and our families and all that, but specifically, I want to talk about, you know, shoot, the last 10, 15 years, we've done some cool stuff. Very cool stuff. The word is epic. Epic, yeah, that's right. That was coined on, uh, not coined, but heavily used on uh, on many of our coyote hunts. I mean, we, like it's, you said, we, I was we, just saying, it's a, you're asking to go down a road that has a lot in it. Oh yeah, you can. We could we could talk for ten episodes of this. I podcast. just thought about your triple, where the coyote jumps over the sagebrush, and knocks the decoy out of the. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, I'm not saying we were doing something different. You know that yeah, maybe we were, maybe we weren't. But it just part of it is we capture it all on film, right? And, and good, high quality film at that. You know, yeah. so it, it's. It's crazy. Yeah, we have a couple of them attacking the decoy, jumping over sagebrushes, pulling the feather out. Yeah. And 
multiple 11 coyotes on a stand, not killing any of them. Right. Nine on a stand, not killing any of them. So it could be epic and good. We've got epic failures. <laughs> epic, epic, epic failures. Successes. Uh, Emptying a shotgun at a coyote that's 20 yards away yeah, and never taking any fur times. off of them. Remember, remember that one that up at Paradise Valley? I, I swore the bead was right on its face, and I pulled the trigger, and one pellet hit it in the ear. I mean, in the ear, in the ear, and <laughs> you, you didn't even know that until, yeah, yeah, yeah. until later we watched it in slow motion. Yeah. So, uh, well, then who wants to start? I mean, I want to hear, I want to hear you guys' favorite, uh, favorite story from over there. Not the, story. I guess the, it's our the, life. You're Tell the young, story. You're the youngest. I'm the youngest. So you gotta, I go first. You get to go first. I, I for me, as a total experience, like you said, I think we've seen some really cool stuff over the years, but. That first, it, I can't say our first trip to Mexico because one time we went and turned around at the border. <laughs> but our first time that we first actually trip with me, yeah, made it over the border into Mexico to hunt coyotes with your cousin. I mean, hands down, probably one of the greatest trips, even in 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 a lifetime. You know what I mean? Just the no, no doubt, sheer numbers. Because we've gone back a couple of times yeah. and it's never been as good. It's like right. it just. Yeah. yeah, what a first. Before time we even get into that, <laughs> I would tell the story of that trip coming back from the very first time we went and got oh turned around God. at the border. So <laughs> imagine this: we were all hyped up to go meet our cousin down at the border, and we we don't go because of some some stuff that happens. And we turn around and we said, "Well, we're already down here. Let's once we get back into Nevada, we're going to coyote hunt." <laughs> and we coyote hunted on the way home on some of the most pristine, beautiful, epic looking stands there ever could be if there was going to be a coyote stand and not one in a cold, in a cold snap. I mean, just the perfect coyote conditions all around and not one coyote. And we were very, very frustrated and midday, three quarters of the day gone. We had to get stop and get some gas and the, Guy comes out and says, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, deer hunting, coyote hunting. Oh, no, we're coyote hunting. And he goes, oh, man, you should have been here last week. And we're like, why? Or was it not even this? It was yes, like on a two. Yeah, yesterday. We were coming we back We were hunting to, on Sunday, yeah, I think. Something. We, came, we were coming home from there like on a Sunday or Monday. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should have been here yesterday kind of deal. And we're like, why? And he was like, oh. I just ran a, I run a contest here. We just, we just had it yesterday. We just finished it yesterday. <laughs> no we, wonder. I we think we had 25 teams this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, freaking... No wonder you can't find a coyote to save your life. But anyway, the second, the first time we were, we got into Mexico, we got to set the scene, not just of down there, how the whole trip is epic, right? The whole, the, the anticipation of getting there because talking with Thomas, our cousin, you know, there's coyotes everywhere and no one hunts them. It's just a vast land of huge deer, choya, and three foot tall rabbits. Yeah. And a ton of coyotes and mountain lions, right? And bobcats. So the anticipation going there is insane. Well, he's talking about, you know, he, he he's he's doing everything he can to to knock these coyotes down because they're they're just killing it. So when you hear that, you know, it's not like it's not like, oh, we got three or four out here, you know, that are causing us problem and yeah. eating our chickens. Yeah. You know, he he's killing hundreds of them and not even making a dent in, because they don't do it down there. No. Nope. They don't hunt down there really, I would say, in general. They don't they Can't do not afford hunt. it. 
Yeah, and well, it's illegal to own firearms down yeah, there. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, they 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 just don't do it. They they fish. I think if you're on the coastal communities, um, but yeah, hunting. Plus, we're just so far out in the middle of really like nowhere. Well, that's I mean, part of it too, right? You, what is it? Six? I think sixty kilometers or seventy kilometers back to that Kavorka or whatever that nearest town, and that's not even that big of a town. But right, you know, you're just so it's a the border fast town, Sassabe, which is Sassabe can be in Arizona yeah. or in Mexico, but Sonora. would they have a, they had a Clint, Clint can tell you about that. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Clint can tell you about that. We, don't, you watch one of them drug shows, right? What, what was, uh, Oh yeah. That, I've watched it too on Netflix where it's all dr- about that. Oh, the well, drug cartels, border wars, and border wars, cartel and, wars. Yeah. And we've been crossing at this place for a lot of, a lot of years. And this Porter town shows up in one of these drug wars. <laughs> the store that, the store that we go to there. Yeah. Was on there. They're talking about the the mercenaries in there and stuff. But uh, it's not much of a town, is what I was going to say. I mean, I, I think there might be a little taco shop there. Maybe I never saw on a the American store. side. No, on the oh, on, on the, the on the Mexico yeah, side. There's that little. There's like a little convenience store, carnicier, and all that kind of thing. dirt roads. All dirt roads. All beat down. They're not even houses, man. They're shacks, except yeah, for the from, military base. And I was just going to say, you go from America where it's Somewhat nice right there on the butter, but a very small town in Sassabee, which yeah. have very cool uh, stoves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you have to check your guns, American side, then Mexican side. And then not only on the Mexican government side, you got to go get them checked in at the military yeah. base right there, right? Which is sketchy as oh, all hell. I the, mean, <laughs> that's what the, the key to this story is. The sketch. Yeah. It is sketchy when you get down there. Yeah. You, you fly to Cabo, you fly to Puerto Vallarta, Cancun. I don't care where. Drive into Mexico. <laughs> and I'm not talking Tijuana where you're coming out of San Diego and it's paved roads and, you know, Americanized bars. The, dude, it's legit Mexico, dude. Like, legit sketchy. Drug cartels that are. The military guys cover their faces because they don't want to be yeah. killed later on by the cartel guys. And so <laughs> once you check your guns in, which is very scary, that you, none of them speak English. You, our cousin speaks it, and he kind of helps us along the way to get through there. And he's been going down there for 25, 30 years in TB. He, oh, no problem. You know, no yeah, problem. Yeah, we got and, you know, he either <laughs> denies or doesn't deny that he has employees that kind of help him that are – involved connected. some way connected <laughs> to help him out but um the very first sketch thing in your mind after the military what do you remember when we went in the very first time it, in, in the in town my, there in my mind yes oh because we drove across with our trucks that all logoed out brand new brand f-350 <laughs> like brand new and and they're all they all they get on their phones, Phone. dude. Because Thomas stopped in front of us, yeah, or 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 maybe Raul did. I don't know who was driving right in front of us. Stopped yep. in town to go into a store or something, and we're on a dirt road at night in a brand new F three fifty, all logo, all out. the guns, guns, all the camera, ammo, camera, camera, everything. And there's people that start getting on their phones right next to us. You you literally got we, more <laughs> money in your truck and equipment. Than the whole town probably has, and I'm slightly exaggerating, but not much. Yeah. You guys it, make Mexico sound like it's a great place to go. No, it, dude, there's not a person here that that wouldn't think that it's sketchy. I, I think Mexico's beautiful, and you can go down to those 
resort style places and there's a, there's no issue in my mind there's no issue yeah let, let been me, there a couple times and let me it. deviate for a quick second because this is my first time you guys have both been to mexico this is my first time going to mexico oh you never two, been there period two real quick parts of my introduction to mexico was my mistake of my passport oh, yeah. if you guys I remember that. <laughs> i had been to italy on my honeymoon and uh waited till the last minute like normal to to check out and make sure my passport was still valid and of course it wasn't and we had to stop in tucson luckily there's like a main uh station there where you can walk in and i think we it detoured us like an hour hour and a half something like that but i was able to cross but that was a little part of the story i'm i'm a physical therapist so i'm sitting here with this with this patient i'd known for a while and telling her i'm getting ready to go on my first trip to mexico going down and hunting this and that and she says uh man be careful when you get down there you know and she proceeds to tell me the story about her brother-in-law. And this is not like ancient history. This is this is within six, seven, eight years, I think, previous to when we're when we're talking. Yeah, my uh, brother-in-law was murdered down there. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thanks. I mean, I literally I wasn't puckered up enough to go through because of some of what you guys were just telling me and with our cousin Thomas, who's a little little shady sometimes too. Her brother-in-law and a friend used to go down the Baja and fish, and they would like they would drive, set a tent up on the beach, fish. I remember this story. And um, they just never came back. One of these years, they'd been doing it for years, and they never came back. And for years, nobody—I mean, they knew they were dead, but they didn't really ever know what happened. Um, they were doing a housing development. And they uncovered some remains, and this was them. So essentially what they were able to piece together was that they just they had a decent truck. They were out fishing. They were out in the middle of nowhere. Some people came up to them, basically murdered them in their sleep, most likely in their tent, because that basically was just kind of like buried, and uh, stole their truck. Wow. Yeah, and it took, them, it took them a number of years, like five years. So this, this probably happened 10 years before we were going to Mexico, and they're fairly recently, within those last couple of years, they, found the they had found out about this and she decides to share this story with me, <laughs> you know, like, like this is, this is Wednesday and I'm leaving on Friday for Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so I was puckered up a little bit. Just that story just kind of, you know, resonated with me. And then on top of it, I don't have my passport, but, uh, yeah, that was my introduction to Mexico in a way. I'll, I'll be honest. It, I've been five, six, seven times, whatever. I feel just comfortable enough to return. But, you know, uh, fast forward years later, the, the last time we went, when when we drove out on our own and it was kind of getting dark, Sketch. I didn't feel good. Sketchy. I mean, it, it, it's, it's one of those places, especially when you're driving and stuff, you're just tense. Me, personally, I'm just tense the entire time. It's yeah. like, and even, you know, I've, I've told these stories, you know, people are like, well, you have a gun. Well, you have a bolt action 22-250. You know, that you're... You, you got five rounds on that thing. You're not, you're not, you know, if one guy wanted to come start some trouble with you or up to five, if you're a good shot, you're okay. But these dudes have AK 47s <laughs> and, you know, M4, you know, assault rifles or whatever. They, they've got it all. You got nothing compared to what and they you got. don't, you don't see after, after the town of Sassabee, once you get into no man's land, yeah, you don't see a lot of trucks, nothing. So if you see a truck, it's, you know, either bad or, you know, somebody just passing through 
to that to, other town to that's that 60 kilometers town. away. We'd, we'd see you know, a lot you, of border patrol on our side of the border. But yeah. Once you got down there, if you did, you, we did see some federales, right? You did and you have to have, and that's and what you get. You know, I was going to say, you have paper. to have, if they stop you, you have to all have your gun paperwork and a piece of paper from the government saying you're allowed from the from the uh, military the, the military base yeah and only 100 rounds per weapon that's yeah. a big big deal and if you get caught any way shape or form you're going down yep and they don't even have, they don't even there's no question yeah. that the ammo's a big one it, it you know if you it, piece of advice anybody goes down there clean your truck because if you're allowed to have 100 rounds of 22 250 and you have 101 They'll take you to jail because firearms are illegal down there for their citizens. You can't have a firearm. And so when you bring them down there, they check you coming and going. And, uh, yeah, it's sketch. (laughs) My, my, I sum up Mexico like this all the time. I've used this story a hundred times. The first time we went, obviously, you know, it's kind of, we're feeling our way around, right? It's November, right? It's, it's, uh, Thanksgiving time. And, uh, we pull into this ranch, you know, it's a ranch house that, that he uses to hunt out of. And, and I said, Hey, uh, do we have to worry about snakes down here? Cause it's warm. You know, you, you, you get down there in November, it's still warm. And he's, he's no, 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 stud. It, it, it's, it's winter down here. Just like it is up there. You know, even though it's warm, everything's hibernated. Clint asks him, Hey, do you know, do you see illegals, you know, jump on the border or drug runner, stuff like that? Oh no, 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 no stud. Not we're so far away from the border now, you know? We put the high rack on the truck and we drive out of ranch. You you misremember that just slightly. This is that next morning we're driving. No, it was the very first time. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. It was it was it was that it was that afternoon. Yeah. The way I remember, it, we were actually driving in yeah. the truck, and I just started. We had the high rack. We yeah. just put the high rack. We're on driving. We went to hunting. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and right on the ranch, less than a mile from the ranch, are three dudes. Walking. Making their way. It to was the almost literally like he just got through finishing the yeah. sentence of no, they're not around. Oh, here I might have told we the timeline a little bit. We off. crested the top of the hill, and, then, and here's yeah. these three. We were driving when he down was down the saying that. Road. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so there's the three guys. And then if you remember, we drive back to camp when the sun's going down, and they've they the guys have taken a two foot rattlesnake out of our bunkhouse, and they're they're holding it dead on the porch. So. We ask him about the snakes. He says it's no big deal. Yet there's a, a two foot long rattlesnake, big fat rattlesnake in our bunk. And don't worry about the guys crossing the border. Yet there's three of them on the ranch, right? So and within we the first, up, yeah, we pulled up to him, and he. I remember him asking them, like, "What are you guys doing?" He's like, "We're trying to get to the border." Yeah, can, and he told you, him you're going the wrong way. Yeah, you're going the wrong way, and, and they asked us for a ride, and we're like, uh, "No, yeah. see it." Give That's him a bottle I, of water, and they just kept on going. First half a day in Mexico, that you know, the two things that might concern you, you know, oh, don't worry about those, and they both happened in the first four hours. Crazy, yeah, and that's kind of that's it summed up, right? You, it's always be on your toes exactly. and expect. I, I don't say expect the worst, but expect something yeah. to happen. We, remember, we saw we saw one guy that basically this is years ago. I don't know if they still do this, but what happened back in the day was if you got caught skipping the border, you went to a council hearing or whatever where you got caught. So if you were close to Tucson, you would go to Tucson. If you got caught close to Laramie, whatever, Texas, that's where you'd go. Well, they turn you around. They don't give you a ride back to your house. So, you know, some of these guys have walked already 
you know, for a week straight to get there. Then they get caught. They basically just turn you around and make you go back. And remember, we, we saw that guy. Yeah, third year we went down there, they were going south and they were, they had gotten rejected. Remember that guy? I mean, his son looked like he was on death's door. Yeah. The old man. I remember that the old man's man, face just, like it was yesterday. He looked, yeah, he looked like he was about to die. And it, there's nothing you can do for him. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you can help him with. They, yeah. they, you know, you could give them a bottle of water. You could give them some beef jerky or something, but there's nothing you can do. And it's crazy. It, it, it's, it's crazy to see, dude. It's sad as a human, right? <laughs> if you were in their shoes, you'd be trying to do the same exact thing, right? Yeah. To come to a better life and do it. But God bless it. It's rough down there. It kind oh, of and, reminds me. I remember the first, when we very first got down there, uh, Thomas's girlfriend, Nadia, we were just trying to figure out what we what to wear and you know what what the plan was and stuff and they, I remember one of them making a comment like everything in this desert will will cut you will bite you will <laughs> scratch you know, you. nothing you yeah. know every single plant every single tree has something sharp down here that's going to gonna mess with you you know so wear good boots and that, <laughs> and they're walking through that stuff on that side of it you know they're walking through that stuff for days and nights well and it literally is it's the most barren desert i guess if you're actually in like the sahara you know in the sandy desert but other than that that place is absolutely Ugh. brutal and i remember you see those uh they're they're either old antifreeze or old windshield wiper fluid jugs yep. and most of them are probably windshield wiper fluid because it's cheap but you, the whole desert is covered in those and then you find out later that that's what they use for water, water so they mm-hmm. they buy the wiper fluid pour the wiper fluid out and now they got that black one gallon container where they take two or three of those and they just drop them. When you drink, when you drink your water, you drop it. So that whole desert's covered in those jugs, and that's and all. It's from also those guys. covered with oil. Oh yeah, cans. They change their oil right cha- in the desert, right, right dump in the, it right right in the dirt the, road. Yeah. If they're overheating 110 degrees, and and these are not nice dirt roads. These are the worst of worst dirt roads. And they do 100 around. miles an hour on them all yep. the time because they. I mean, you got to think if if you're down there, do locals have to be afraid of Cartel? cartels? Hell yeah. So they're running those roads as fast as you can, and you're going to hit a bump, and your oil pan's gone. And <laughs> yeah. So but, after all of this stuff, if I'm listening to this right now, don't the coyote hunting must be epic, pretty good if you're willing to go through all this. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, so I remember the first night, that first evening, Clay sat on a, a choya. Uh, I said the boot was in it, my butt was in it, oh, and yeah. my fingers Remember your were stuck gloves together. were stuck together. <laughs> uh, and we we never even killed. Uh, we killed one coyote that night. Yeah. One coyote right there at sundown. We got that night, and it kind of was discouraging. Not that we hunted a lot because it took a while to get the high rack on it, but we made two or three stands in and, in beautiful country, and it was like, wait a minute, this is supposed and the to one be- we killed. The one we killed just hung up. You know, yeah, it was, like was two hundred yards away or something, like that. just kind of standing out there. So yeah. it wasn't anything special. But I did shoot one of those four foot tall jackrabbits, which that was epic. You don't even expect those things, but yeah, they're. Um, so, but then that next day, holy cow! We, we, I mean, what was it? Three days or four days? Three days. Three days, like we three and a half so, days. So the the half of a day, and then you know. Yeah. Two full days, a third mostly full day, yeah, yeah, and yeah, leave right. in the late afternoon. So yeah, and we drove all night back home. Yeah. So three days of hunting, and I mean, we don't have to. I don't. There were a couple very memorable stands, but more than in a the couple, th- yeah, more than a couple. I mean, but the two stands that stick out in my mind are 
hot route stand where we what we kill three with the shotgun and two with the rifle. Yep. And the one down in the creek bed that come running up to two feet. And we shot it with the shot, or Nadia shot it with the shotgun at what, three feet or something? Yeah. Uh, Is that what sticks out in your mind, or what other stands on that first trip? And and, uh, it it selfishly sticks out in my mind because I was the one that shot it. But (laughs) remember, we we couldn't get through that gate that was like a different lock or something like that. Remember, so. Thomas had to take the truck back and we hopped the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just, America. we had just figured America. out that nearly every crow flew over the top of a coyote. It was like, we had just kind of figured that out and we yeah, jumped that fence pies, there's and we coming. called and that crow was coming. It's like, oh, there's a crow right there. And then you look down, that one's bombing and I shot him right in the face and he just wads up right in the, right in front yeah. of the decoy. That, but yeah, I mean, like I said, selfishly, cause I killed it, but, uh, no, the hot the hot route, and then to watch the video footage of that later, when you shot that one through the Choya cactus, mm-hmm. there was yeah thirteen coyotes. We could see. You two were on the ground. See, and that's what I what the, the what for multiple reasons that was the first time I was on the ground. I'd been filming up in the high yeah, raft yeah, yeah. up until that point, so that was my first time down on the ground. So real quick. You're you got a team of hunters, so yeah. we have a high rack on top of the truck. So we're filming. So of course you got a cameraman up there, and you, you know a couple of a couple of rifles. Yeah, two with three, with three communication. So you send one person with the shotgun down on the ground with the cameraman. So you have two people on the ground, one hunter with the shotgun, and then you got the the rifles and the high rack. And there's a distance between you, so we would communicate on a on a CB, and it was just that was one of the more fun like. Yeah. For the it, kind of a cool experience for the cameraman because I have I have uh, the audio of the shotgunner on the ground in my <laughs> ear and I'm the only person up in the high rack that can hear the response from the ground so I have to kind of relay back and forth <laughs> and that was just as fun as shooting them. For oh me, oh yeah, you know? that was so fun. You know, because like Clay would go, oh, you know, there's one coming in on the left and I couldn't hear that obviously and Clint would go. He says there's one coming in on the left. You know, and then it's like boom, you'd hear the shotgun go off, or we'd have to be looking with the rifle. Or or just the opposite. Like so then my or experience on yeah, the yeah. ground would be like, you know, a lot of times the, the high rack would end up being spotters. You know, sometimes a coyote would hang up occasionally and you'd get a rifle shot, but for the most part you were spotters. So it was one coming in from your right, you know coming in from your two o'clock, all this kind of stuff. We were the spotters up top and then you'd hear the shotgun go off. Or you wouldn't. And then you'd be like, what's going on? You know, we never saw him. We never saw him. Because it's thick. It is thick. (laughs) And and then here's where it gets good. One from the left. Oh, two from the right. Oh, three three from the front. Oh, oh, which one? (laughs) Same route, same route, same route. Yeah. And it just goes crazy. uh, and, And that's the thing down there. What, so we've always contemplated why they do it because there's so many coyotes and there's so many rabbits. You wouldn't think that they would be just running in there so much, but just like any coyote, they're coming in to get that big old rabbit. And is it competition to get there before the next coyote because there's so many coyotes or is it they're hungry and they're coming in? I mean, they're all pretty healthy looking. You know, it's not like yeah. it's not like they're all look, they looked like they were starving. It's and they be, are different, right? Remember yeah, how black, the black feet? Mm-hmm. They're really cool. Sometimes. They're not as big as ours. I mean, they're yeah, they're not as 
they you know, they're not be. as bulky as ours, but not starving, like just yeah, a yeah. smaller frame, you know. Uh, I've always wondered, is it, is it, or it's just instinct, to, right? Is it just instinct they to just come hear that sound and it's to get an easy free why meal? Why would you pass up that food? Or is it competition because there's so, they know there's so many other coyotes there that if they Who's don't. Who's in my territory type yeah. thing? Yeah. See, and I was just going to say the same <laughs> thing. This goes back years ago to our discussions because we'll never know for sure, but there's so many coyotes down there that they probably don't have as defined of, of borders, you know, as yeah. far as territory. Cause you know, the one you guys are just talking about the example of you have a coyote bombing in comes on a, not on a trail, but it comes on this specific route. You shoot it with a shotgun. And at just about the time you're, you're done pulling the trigger and doing a little high five, here comes another one on the yep. same route. And we had five coyotes come in on the same exact route. So it's like they couldn't have been teamed up, but there's just probably so many of them. And it is, it's just, a, it's a competition to get and to it's that not, rabbit first. Yeah. And it's not so thick that they had to take that route. I guess we should clarify, you know, yeah. they, they could come from anywhere, but they were all running right down that same path. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. It, abundance of food, abundance of coyotes and, you know, but at the end of the day, they still got to hunt. So this is like a free meal. So yeah, they seem to just be try as hard in a hundred degree temperature. But yeah. we found out that it's not all that way. I mean, we went back years for a few years in a row and really didn't have as great of hunt. I mean, we still yeah, kill lots still of coyotes, but uh, that first trip, what we what we end up with? Do you remember the exact number? I, 30, I can't remember. It was thirty three or thirty five or something, something like, like that. that. And then uh, it, one bobcat that trip. We Three? never we we've never seen a lion down there. We no. ended up killing some javelinas years later. Yeah. Uh, thirty three or five seven coyotes in three days and a bobcat. And really, that first day didn't count. I yeah. mean, I don't half think. a day we got and, there and unloaded. some misses. You know, you got to. But we oh, had yeah. opportunities to. Oh yeah, yeah, and we we. Oh, we saw we saw. 50, I, 50, 55 coyotes probably. You know, yeah, sixty coyotes. or more than yeah, more than that. Maybe so, even yeah, saw might maybe even more than that, but I had remember, opportunities at fifty. Couple times had some gun issues. <laughs> we had a we had a, a scope uh, that didn't make the trip very good. We had a uh, conscience issue with a bobcat. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot Nadia, about that. Naughty wouldn't shoot that bobcat. She, what was the story? She was driving in Colorado, and she was going down late at night, and a bobcat came running out of the forest. And made her stop and slow down, and she started going, and then like another 50 yards, there was either a wreck or a deer or a bear or something in the middle of the road where she would have... It was like, she, or, she yeah, it, she would have wrecked. Saved her life. She would have wrecked, yeah. yes. And the bobcat saved her life because it made her slow down yeah. to that point, and so now she can't kill a bobcat, even though she is a huge hunter and kills everything yeah. else. So we would have killed some more bobcats, but yeah. Was, was this the? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm losing my track on. The, was what the trip? first trip when we broke the camera out of the high rack, or no, was that no, different one? No, that was different one. Okay, well, I won't I won't yeah, tell we'll that story. We'll tell story. Don't don't, don't move on real quick. It, it, speaking of Nadia, I'm not as far on. as one quick little epic um, hunt, we were up in the high rack. We got to experience this by watching the, the video, but clay got to experience it filming with Nadia behind the shotgun. But that coyote that Ooh. we spotted and let him know it was coming down that Ridge mm -hmm. that ended up dying in that dry Creek bed with Nadia's. I mean, to me, that was an unreal shot. It Spun was coming all the way to her so left. hard and so fast. The reaction she had unbelievable. Reaction. It never, a coyote couldn't run any faster and probably, 
running with the wind. I mean, the thing was moving as fast as a kayak could possibly move, and it never missed a step, never slowed down, never checked. And she shot this thing. What do you figure? Two steps or two three steps. steps? I mean, almost on right on the end of her barrel. What? And that's got to be. But one what's of the crazy is we didn't. First I mean, we knew something was coming. But where we were, we went down into a dry creek bed, like you're saying, and it's... Big creek bed, big not creek a little bed, one. Yeah. yeah. Eight feet across, thick, 10 feet across. Thick on the other side, and we can't yeah. see, and we're down, you know, 20 yards, 20 feet or something, down from where you guys are up in the high rack ground, and we get off that, so we're down from you, and then we went down another 20 feet into the dr- creek bed to where... It's very thick. You can't see where you saw where he was coming from the other side of the creek. Right, and we're sitting in thick stuff on our side of the creek, and it was really three, two seconds of there it is, boom. You know, it was yeah. just it was so quick because by the time he come down off into the creek bed, he was right there at us at eight feet. He was already at eight feet the first time we seen him. So to get there and shoot him at two feet, yeah, it was it was. It was insane, yeah. We got it was one of them, you know, like every stand we got better. Yeah, you know, it was kind of one of those we all it was our learning experience, but you had sure. to learn. And I think with with that too, it was as each stand we would get better at. Okay, this is kind of like this is our twelve o'clock, so we can you know if they're, yeah. if they're coming straight ahead, we kind of we would have to communicate because you could get down there and plan on facing west, but when you get there, there's no way of of having a shot to the west. So you'd have to communicate mm-hmm. your directions, which was really important because if you're yeah. You know, if you're facing 30 degrees off to the other side, you're either never going to see him or you're never going to have a shot. And, and of course, you also have to know, the high rack guys have to know where the guys on the ground are sitting. So, yeah, for you safety, know, you just, for safety and stuff. So and was, that was did, cool about it. It was just like a learning experience, yeah. every single stand. And what we were doing, obviously, filming adds a whole other aspect to it, to where the guys who don't go, they're just down there hunting. They don't have to yeah, do a lot of the stuff that we, that we do. Yeah, you just, oh, there, boom, boom, and go go at it. Yeah, sit there for 15 minutes, call, kill six, and go, go to the next one. But at the same time, you could think about it the other way around because we are filming, especially with the camera on the ground. You know, we've seen the footage of it. Those guys are taking running shots and stuff like that. It's just kind of like a, you know, just free for all, let, yeah. free for fall, free for all, let it fly. Whereas you were filming. So we were trying to get that, that, yeah. that up close footage with the shotgun and stuff. So in some ways we would let those dogs come hoping that they would finish on the shotgun. And a lot of times they did. I, I yeah, another, I don't want to sketch everybody out, but I just, it's in my mind. You guys remember when the three of us and Nadia were in the truck and Thomas had to go somewhere else and it started raining at the, that was at the very far end of the ranch. So. Yeah. It, and, we got to far into the ranch, meaning real close to the border. Yeah. And there was about 50 dudes staged up, standing around 55-gallon drums that were on fire. Yep. They were getting warmed up and waiting for the sun to go down far enough to jump the border. That's where and, we, jokingly, we all we were kind of like, look at all the illegals here. And it was like, well, technically they're not illegal yet. Right, <laughs> right. But yeah. what they're scared, you know, it was, think if you got you stuck were, in the mud. We were with, Nadia is a great-looking gal. You know, and and yeah. we got a truck. So, you know, Clint, like he told his story, we got a truck, we got guns, we got cameras, we got money, we got beer, we got a good-looking blonde gal, and here's 50 dudes that are so desperate yeah. to leave the environment there, and they're standing out in the rain around a garbage can on fire waiting to jump the border. And we saw that, and I remember saying, Nadia, Don't do stop. not stop. No <laughs> matter – even if 
I don't even care. Yeah. If this thing's down on its rims, dude, you drive this thing till it blows up because yeah. you did not. That was a bad situation. I don't care who you are. 100%. Nothing happened to us, but it was not. And that's the thing. You're out there. I don't know. I was going to say two things before you said that as far as ranch. This is not a ranch of working fields and, you know, nice looking country. And I mean, it's it's cool country. Don't get me wrong. It's just not like a ranch here in America where what we call ranch. Ag, it's not ag. It's, it's a 300,000 square mile freaking acres. A, sorry, acres. Not <laughs> miles. That's huge. Yeah. But 300,000 acres of Choya and desert. They're not small yeah. ranches, Rocks, and they're huge. So we'll, cactus. yeah, there's 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 cattle. There's there, like you said, ag. There's not you know wheat fields and that kind of stuff. But there's cattle out there that are but eating they're the just grass the and the natural, choya. Yeah, the natural environment, eating the cactus and stuff. And totally, yeah, I I agree. It's like when you say, oh, he's he leases all these ranches, and you're thinking, not an alfalfa. Yeah, ranch it's not. It's not valley, like you know? uh, <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> But yeah, he's, yeah, that's, he's but growing deer down there. But here's the thing, yeah, he's doing it because he runs a business of of big mule, enormous mule deer that are just he kills ten or twenty two hundred inch deer a year, and that's his deal. And we're down there to help him. And after all the sketchness of Mexico, we keep going back. So it's not that bad. No, <laughs> and that, that little sketchiness adds to the excitement. I yeah, think of so, it. You know, it. it We've traveled all over and done it, and it's just it's just a different feeling, man. And it's cool, believe me. It, yeah, it, you know, it, it's just like you think. It's it's uh, a little great, da- food, little dangerous, great oh, people, food, a little God. dangerous. Raul, you know, coyote hunting at night if you want to. If not, you drink a hundred beers. I mean, yeah. It, it it sounds like my 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 all time story is your guys's all time story. Not all time, but favorite memory. It's, it's one of them. For I don't sure. know. I don't know how you could. You just can't help but have a good time down there, and and yeah, then you see huge deer if you're into that, which we're into. Remember, we saw huge deer down there. Huge. You go through his trail cams at night, and it's like a, it's like seeing an Eastman's uh, <laughs> book being laid out. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. We, I want to go again. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, we would have gone this year. If COVID wouldn't. Have, I, I COVID got us. COVID. What? Uh, so that's your favorite. I uh, I don't know how you can compare, but I, I I guess now Clay, you're a little bit older than me. So what's your uh, favorite memory over the years? I've got to go with something that has never happened. Obviously, before that point, probably will never happen again since then, and how it happened why it happened everything that made it happen just turned it into i mean are we what, still talking what, about hunting <laughs> <or anything? laughs> i don't know i just where's I'm, he going with this i'm trying to say it in in the coolest of words but it's just it's kind of it. it's so it happened and you can't explain why it happened or what happened we're there on in the granites 014 here in nevada oh no which used to be trophy mule deer Habitat, big chocolate horn monster, just huge trophy area for and, and you. If you didn't have that as your first choice, you were. I mean, you were you were out. I mean, was, that was the ticket to get a mule deer tag in 014. And over the years, it has succumbed to thousands of mountain lions. And when I say thousands, there's <laughs> hundreds of. I mean, it's just crazy how many mountain lions are to wild horses. Yep. And the coyotes. 
To to put into perspective, I know where you're going with this. There was a person out there chasing our Silver State tag the year that we were out there, which means you can hunt any unit, any legal time frame. Basically, it's the cream of, cream of the crop deer tag, and this person was out looking in this area on this year. That gives you an idea of what's in that country or used to be. Used to be in yeah. that country. So we put in, and Chance, Clint's boy, pulls the deer tag, a youth deer tag there. And we thought we were in hog heaven, right? We were going to go kill a monster for him. And we went up there several times and didn't see a deer. We have friends that run cattle in that area. They had seen a couple does. And I mean, we don't need to get into all of the deer hunt because what, what happened at the end of it is what turned it to be epic. But because of the deer hunt is why it happened. We were there to hunt deer and we didn't see anything anywhere. We saw more wild horses than we did deer. And the second time we were up during this hunt, we were up there a couple weekends, but one of the second weekend we were up there and it just a miserable storm raining and we couldn't see 50 yards in front of us and just horses everywhere. We had that low ceiling. Remember we had that? the low ceiling and, and we couldn't see anything. And I, both of us were like, what do you want to do chance? He goes, can we go coyote hunting? <laughs> we're like, <laughs> sure, we can. Let's go back down to the Valley Four because we're at the top of 014, which is, I don't know, what, 8,000 8, feet maybe? What is granites? At the top, yeah. Yeah, yeah something about 8,000 feet. And we, we said, well, let's get down below this ceiling and go coyote hunting until the rain stops or whatever it is. And uh, then we'll go back to, you know, deer hunting. So we go down, we get all ready. And first stand... One just barrels in and Clint shoots it with a shotgun. And we're like, yeah, that's a good way to start. <laughs> and and I'm filming because I'm, you know, father, son, I'm, you know, out there. I want them to do, be together. So here goes the second stand. And what chance? He's 14? This was his second year, so he was 13. 13 years old. And he's been coyote hunting uh, several times. Um, but second stand, here comes a coyote and it's raining. And Chance shoots a coyote, kills him. Here comes another coyote, shoots him. He gets his first double on camera, 13 years old, and it's just pouring rain. And I'm just like, it can't get any better, right? And we're like, we got to keep going. We can't go deer hunting. We, I mean, this is an epic run right now. So we get down next stand and look off, and here comes this coyote running in. And then he stops right in the middle. Of, he's probably out four or 500 yards like, and he stops, and in the binoculars you can see him tilt his head, like like dogs do when they're curious. You know, they kind of get that li- like weird when my, look. When like, I when I say treat to my bulldog, what he does? And he's yeah, they just kind of their ears perk up and they tilt their head, you know, either direction, and they're just really concentrating and kind of like what's going on over there. And we're sitting there, and he's sit he sit he sits down, right? Yeah, he sits down, and Nothing. And again, I'm filming. And out of the corner of my eye, I see, right at the decoy, right at the decoy. And I see these ears coming, which I thought it was a bobcat. And keep in mind, we're sitting in sagebrush that maybe two feet tall. And in front of us, we could see for two miles. And the sagebrush is maybe a foot tall. 
what turns out to be a mountain lion at eight feet from us. I have no idea where he came from, how he got there without us seeing him, because we could literally see forever in front of us, but we spot this coyote, and that coyote notices that mountain lion coming to the call. And that's why he sat down and was like, what's going yeah, on over there? Yeah, yeah, I ain't messing with that. And as soon as this mountain lion gets to eight feet and right at the decoy, I can't remember what kind of spooked him. I think he kind of eventually looks at us, right? Clay, he looks at us or you and so and yeah, Chance. Clay says Clay says Bobcat right at the decoy. Part <laughs> part of this is is there is I'm, a, I'm nervous a, right now talking about yeah. It. <laughs> there's a there's a drainage there's a drainage like 150 yards in front of us, and that's the way I figure the the cut the uh, the mountain lion had used that drainage. But a, a combination of that and also just our attention was on that coyote and. It was off just just off of our left, and yeah, Bobcat right at the right at the decoy, and so I turned my head there. I've got the shotgun in my hand. Clay, uh, Chance has got the rifle in his hand. He's a youth; he can't pull the trigger on a mountain lion. Not uh, knowing it's a mountain lion yet. Well, you don't, yeah, not but, mountain lion. It, but, don't know. but pretty quick within a few seconds, I look at the thing because I'm that much closer to it than Clay is, being on the camera up above us, and I'm like, it's a freaking mountain lion, and I mean this thing. <laughs> and it, Clay says eight feet, eight, eight steps is realistic. When you hear eight feet, you go, he wasn't eight feet away. He was eight steps away. He was right there. (laughs) And, you know, like a cat, they're just, it's just sitting there just, and it's just staring at the decoy, just watching that feather turn around and not moving at all. We're not moving. But to answer your question, as I remember it, just the whole commotion of, what do we do? We've got a youth on a rifle. We've got a guy without a mountain lion tag yeah. and a shotgun, which is an idiot mistake on my part. Um, yeah. But we're deer hunting. You know, I didn't have this, this stuff in my mind. But he began to get curious because, obviously, we were, we were just fidgeting and kind of figuring out what the heck we're going to do. And it just, you know, just got kind of piqued his interest. And never, never spooked, right? I mean, as you will see on the video, he never <laughs> spooked. He yeah. just turns and goes this away. This kind of goes away. And as he goes away... I noticed something right over the top of him. And guess what that was? Alex. <laughs> I know you uh, know. <laughs> I'll take another mountain lion for 500, Bob. See, and that's part of it. That's that That's that little, you know, that's that little slew that was in front of us. You know, just, you know, you didn't think it was that deep, but it was just deep enough. And there was a second, second mountain lion that mountain hung lion back. At maybe, I don't know, he, he was at 30 yards from us. I don't know, maybe 50 we yards. We never did see the second one until they got on the other, other side, side of that, so which we was don't only know about exactly 80 how yards close, away. Yeah, yeah he, they were, they were both He might have been there. 20 yards. But that first one was eight steps, and then two mountain lions go running off. And I, we just sit there. And mind you, this is noon. Yeah, middle one o'clock, middle of the day. It's raining. In the rain. In the rain. Down in the flats, not a tree, nothing. So to... Not only is that epic, you go think about it, and I kind of preference this 014 being no deer left, right? There's right. more mountain, more, more horses and more To put it in a nutshell, we scouted and scouted and scouted. The biggest deer that we saw on the granites was a not you can't even call it a fork and horn. Yeah. I don't even know really what it was. It was the it was the biggest buck that we saw, and I went all over that mountain scouting. Yeah. So So my point was for two mountain lion to come together at noon or one o'clock, raining to rabbit sounds, 
you know there's no food in that country. There's no deer left. There, it's hard to catch a, a, a horse, it, and there's no there's no food for them. So well, what are they coming to at one o'clock in the afternoon, raining to rabbit sounds? That just to, in my mind, that's just crazy. Well, to when think. you think about, I've been coyote hunting for twenty some years. I've never. I've never called one in. Yeah. Most guys probably have done it their whole lives have never and, called one in. Or or seen one in the or wild. Or seen one. I mean, that th does not happen. No. If and, and so even though we didn't kill one of those mountain lions, the first two stands were epic because he shot one with a shotgun. And then Chance gets his first double rifle, let alone a double, double rifle at 13. And then freaking two mountain lion to call in, even though we didn't oh, yeah. kill him. That, in my mind, was it's got to be up there in our hunts well and we killed five remember when you were uh on top of the mountain scouting clinton yeah. clinton and i went and killed ran five. down on the flats and called Oof. what two stands or three stands i think it was only two two stands five coyotes yeah so yeah. i mean that whole yeah don't go out there and coyote hunt if you're listening to this that was from that Nevada. same year you don't need that was only to go out there <laughs> but the if same, you do get trip. a get a mountain lion yeah tag 26 dollars over the counter, just make sure you call in and make sure there's some mountain lions still left in the... Did Chance get a deer that year or no? That's the one year I was thinking too. Yeah, he's he's drawn three mule deer tags, antelope, one. elk. He's gotten two mule deer, antelope, elk. So yeah, it's the one, his one unsuccessful year was the double because, mountain lion. And year. what should be but a But you can't say unsuccessful. Unit. He got a double rifle. But yeah, yeah and he two. never had an opportunity. I mean, we never... We didn't even see a deer worth going after, yeah. and let alone very many deer. But yeah, he never really. I guess he could have killed a doe as a youth, right? And probably, yeah. probably the hardest hunting he did yeah. for deer. Anyways, yeah, yeah. his other two deer I hunts, hiked all but over. he hunt, he hunted really, really hard that year, and just it was just a, such a down year. We got to go back there. We should go back there. That's a good run. Yeah, yeah, it's a good run. Well, that that was my. I, I, uh, maybe you could tell the. I don't excite, know how you could uh, the excitement through the microphone. I'm sweating here because I'm thinking of that freaking hunt to have it. That, that's crazy. Let alone see a mountain lion, maybe off in the distance, maybe skirting across a, a rim rock while you're out Some, here hunting. You know, Trevor sees them glass yeah, and big, huge bulls. That's and stuff. one thing, but to be able to call them and I didn't do anything different that I. I'm not saying I. No. <laughs> I'm good, whatever, but. To call into mountain lion to eight feet just gives you like un, an unnerving because we're out there so much. Not only that, but not knowing they were not there. Not knowing they that's, were there. They were at eight feet before we, we knew they were there. And you know it's happened before where we've been on stand in country where there's mountain lions. Basically, oh, yeah. everywhere we call, there's mountain lions. And you know they're... 50 yards in a rim rock staring at us. So, yep. uh, I'm not knowing, we're, us not knowing, I can't even talk, I'm tongue-tied. But you know they're there. And to have them at eight feet and to see them, that was what was just, it was crazy to think of how many times you know they're there watching you. Oh, yeah. I was uh, on one of our archery deer hunts. I was putting a stock on this really nice deer, took my boots off, put my two extra pairs of socks on, and I'm <laughs> just inching my way down off of this rim and I get down in there and you know, the sagebrush is always taller than you think it is from a distance. And it's, yeah. it's taller than me. So we got six foot, six foot tall plus sagebrush. And all I can see is the tines of this deer in the sagebrush. And I'm starting to work in there and I'm thinking maybe I can get to a clearing. And I had this moment where I just stopped <laughs> and I went, if I'm in here, 
and they have no clue I'm in here. I'm hunting them. What's hunting me? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I literally had this feeling I was near a water hole and stuff, and that kind of feeling of like, there's yeah. got to, you know, if, if I can put this kind of stock on, I'm looking a mountain lion do, you know? And um, maybe that thought led to me, them busting me. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you did, never, you never did knock an arrow. <laughs> and that was a big deer, which is a good segue into my hunt. Yeah, what's your favorite? You're the I old do have guy. to. I have to share a quick one because it's so early in the dead dog walking, and it's it's led to one of our one of our phrases that we use often. But just one individual hunt that I mean, there's so many of them, and in you know things that happen on a on a stand. But what coined the term pellet acne is in the early <laughs> days of dead dog pellet walking, acne. and we had we had this stand that ended up being it's right on right on a, a, the border between two states and the, the the hunt is just cool as it is when we first sit down off of our right shoulder upwind is um you know at three or four coyotes and we saw a bunch of motion up in this rim rock and 20 minutes later i mean we sat on the stand because it's kind of one of those stands it's the last stand of the night you know you're pretty much done hunting after this so we're going to ride the whole thing out it's a long walk and so we ride this thing out but we had had action early on and nothing no nothing else happening and then by the grace of god this you know these (laughs) three and there ended up being five coyotes but three of them that whole time they were just mousing around and they came out and actually came down in front of us and started making their way into the decoy. And uh, one of them finished just on the other side of the feather, and um, me lifting my shotgun made it perk its ears and head up, and <laughs> notorious pellet acne happened. And, that is, and then it, it did, we always kind of forget because of how, how epic that that footage was and that shot but uh, yeah we, we you know that second one ran out of the room we know we doubled we called oh border, yeah we did, border, did. Brother, we did. And sister yeah, yeah. border brother and sister it ended up being a double but you know the pellet acne is what kind of kicked off and <sighs> what well, was it a critter that it goes to or it wasn't the, it was it wasn't the triple that it was back in the day double when we used trouble. a Before we used just a feather tri- on yeah. its on right. the, the well, critter what, or whatever they what, call it what yeah. closed them in was lip smacking yeah it yeah, was yeah. just Yep. But but in the video you see the oh, feather yeah, the go feathers off. It's going, the puppy or something. It's yeah, one of the, just the puppy. It was it was mouth calling. But once they once they get in close, and that's you know, that's a good tactic for for mouth calling. When they get get in fairly close, you stop mouth calling and you start lip smacking. And the lip smacking is what made that thing finish. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he got a face. Oh, full. he he he. You know, he Bowed pops up. up there, puts his face or oh, nose yeah. right in the air and just eats And the that cool thing, thing is it's like the the, van, the vantage point of the camera is pretty much the same as my vantage point over the top of my shotgun. Yeah. So, you know, you have kind of like Who's Feather just on the right, filming? Clay's filming, yeah. Yeah. Feather just on the right, you know, Coyote's face just on the left of the Feather, and the, the perspective of the camera and is the same as mine. So. I'm good. And it's... Uh, <laughs> End of the day, so the light's freaking beautiful. Uh, yeah, Clay zooms in perfectly. The only, the only thing that, it, you know, that's early mm-hmm. enough in the days where your 4K, you know, really high-resolution yeah, yeah, we cameras still, yeah. weren't around. That's the only thing. Imagine yeah, that totally. footage nowadays mm-hmm. on one of these on one of these cameras. But I mean, other than that, it's still pretty epic. <laughs> but, okay, uh, yeah, that as was, far as... That was B. Now what's your A? A is, is to bring it around full circle to my 2000 and... 12 or 2013 deer hunt rifle deer hunt which i hadn't had a rifle tag in quite a while but we um we had a similar kind of a circumstance where the midday it was hot um 
the deer hunting was kind of tough. So we went to s- sit down on a midday coyote stand and during our coyote stand, um, Oh, 300 yards out there or so, a, a mule deer that was bedded down in a rib rock decided to stand up and walk away from us as we Not were just calling in the stand <laughs> and right away without even binoculars up to your eyes. You're like, that's a heck of a mule deer. So, and all we have was a, it was just a, 22, 250. It was clay and I, we had the 22, 250 on the stand. I had a tag, but yeah. you know, this, this deer walked away, but wasn't spooked basically just kind of got up and moved because of the sounds we were making and um, walked up and around there was basically a cameraman with us and me and clay and i took off uh got the wind right and went after this deer and with the and, cameraman and with the cameraman and we stalked and stalked and got into some some uh you know right right where the deer is going to be it's bitter brush and this tall brush and we can't we can't find them and we're inching our way through there what clay had done is he'd gone down and around and was going to kind of act as either a blocker or a spotter for us and um you didn't we take had a off. Ki- we had a coyote. You didn't take off. Hold on. You went around. I, I, I remember this story like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually we actually snuck up on a coyote. We had a coyote right in this area that. where I thought I thought for sure that deer had gone, and it just seemed to make sense with the way the wind was and everything. And we um we we basically stalked in on a coyote, and no deer, no deer, no deer. Got to a rim rock, and um, weather started to change. So we finally spot this deer bedded down in this canyon. No. And Clay's down below us. And he radios up he, uh, before I spotted him. We got to a spot where we basically ran out of, we ran out of territory. I'm calling the, bullshit the, on this story. And the weather, the weather is crazy. It's just all of a sudden the storm moves in and the wind starts blowing. So I'm, we're basically stuck. And Clay radios up to me that I think I see the deer. I think I got him spotted. And so we work our way back around and we just inch over this, over this uh, ridge. And this deer is bedded down on the other side of this ravine behind a sagebrush. And really all I could see was his horns, but it was him. And Clay saw him from a long ways away. Like, is that a sagebrush or is that a deer? But it ended up being him, right? Am I correct? That's exactly how it went down. No, no, no. You didn't take off to him. We went back to the truck and I drove you to the top of the mountain. Well, of course. We worked our way up there but you, and you went down and around. And, you didn't say that. And then by the time I got down to the round, we figured out a plot where you were going to walk out. Yeah. And when I radioed you, I, I glassed from, like you're saying, long ways, but I thought I saw a deer, but it wasn't him. What I saw was a white sagebrush on laying on just a like an old white piece of sagebrush that what caught my eye and just 10 feet to the left of that was the deer so you spotted him let him you know just generally which direction it was we got in there and we're basically stuck so the wind's blowing straight at him yep no shot no way to put a stock on him i had i i i thought about doing that because now it's starting to get later laid on a rim rock and my best hope was you know, he'll stand up at some point in time, you know, to get a drink or do something, but then it starts raining and he's just, you know, we're sitting there watching him lick the sagebrush and, <laughs> you know, just one of those really, really cool st- uh, hunts. You, I say stands because it's coyote hunting, but you don't, you don't get a chance to just sit there and watch a deer. And he's really not all that far away. He's in shooting distance. But when I lay on this rock prone, he's out of sight. If I get up, 
And this, this, this rock is the high point. Like there's, there's nowhere I'm going to get any higher. And if I go any direction, he's going to, I'm going to bust him. So I'm just stuck on this rock. You could get up a little bit on your knees kind of thing and see his horns. Okay. He's still there. Lay back on your stomach out of sight. Well, we just got to get him to stand up. Hour goes by another hour goes by. So pretty soon I just tell Clay, we just, we got to, we got to press it. Why don't you walk up the draw? And just, you know, walk and yeah, make a little light, bit it, of noise. The you know? lights, the lights, it's I getting, mean, it's getting yeah, dark. Yeah, we're the pretty storm. much, this is our chance to, yeah. to we got to press the issue. So about the time I start to, you start to hear Clay. I mean, he's not making a crazy ruckus, but you can start to hear some sagebrush breaking. And he's purposely not being quiet. And he's working his way up this draw. And this deer just stands up and goes. <laughs> and... As the footage will show you, essentially he's moving straight away from me, bounding over the sagebrush. He never even gave you a look at it. He just yeah. got up and ran. That's how Clay, they get Clay big. was making. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But yeah, went straight away from me, and I just had to kind of like you know he was hopping over the sagebrush, and I kind of just had to time it. And okay, he's down. He's going to come back up. This is my best chance on so about the fourth or fifth hop. I let one go and hit him right between the shoulder blades, just to the left of his spine, and I mean. He front flip. ass over tea kettle front flips. Perfect front flip. And, yeah. and, and, you know, one of my first thoughts, other than, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened that way, was, oh, he broke his horns for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, he had to have broke his horns. He broke his neck, but he didn't break his horns. I, and, and I, ended up coming from below, you know, I didn't know what was going on because I couldn't see. I, I literally, I was a mile away when I spotted him. And it took me, you know, ways to get up there. <laughs> and I hear one shot, so I don't know. Miss, I can't hear screaming because it's windy, it's raining, it's, I mean, it's nasty. A big storm's rolling in, and I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to get a hold of Clinton. He, I can't hear him, do nothing. And I finally get up there, and i screaming. I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I get, very, crying, I get emotional, that. obviously. I always cry on stuff like that. But it was, and then, because I, I didn't know what happened, what he just stole, told me, but now that you see that footage, it... And he's a hell of a deer, too. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, one, he ends up being uh, 178, I think. 178. Like yeah, just shy of 180. And beautiful, but... But the hunt, the hunt, the way that all went down, the way, you know, tying together... Coyote hunting. Kind of thinking outside of the box and then just kind of dumb luck, you know, coyote hunting in the middle of the day. And sometimes, you know, that's something, you know, some guys will just say, well, just hunt all day. We'll just keep hunting and keep hunting or maybe get up on a ridge and glass for deer. I mean, there's different ways of going about it. But if you if you press deer in the middle of the day, they're bedded down, and a lot of the times you might not even know they were there, and you're just going to blow them out of the country. So sometimes a good strategy to deer hunting is pull your call out and do a little midday hunting, and sometimes <laughs> it turns into a 180-inch deer. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, I love that there's no uh, – there's, no, uh, there's no just, yeah, we went deer hunting, killed one, and, you know, it was over. <laughs> we went coyote hunting, went – I love that there's always some cool little yeah, twist to it. Twist to to hunting in general. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess I don't remember every hunt I've ever been on, but you sure remember the ones that don't you figure I mean you got a cool little there's scenario. There's all kinds of preparation, it, you know? skill, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you gotta get lucky. lucky. Dumb luck is lucky. better better you to be tell lucky me, than good. You tell me one successful big game hunt you've had where it's like, oh, the luck wasn't involved, you know. Yeah, this is all this, skill. The, I knew this was gonna happen and I put in the time and all no, you have something has to happen that's just, just it's just dumb luck. Yeah. yeah. It really is. But 
luck happens to those who are prepared. So that's true. Didn't work hard. I, I think we could sit here for hours and talk about <laughs> stories, and maybe that's just maybe we what will. we should do one day. Because we'll I, I got a few. I mean, I was just, when you just talked about dumb luck. I'm thinking about our archery bucks, and <laughs> we got lucky there. I, uh, I we'll mean, do another. We'll do another walk down memory lane on another episode. Throwback well, Thursday here on uh, yeah. where the pavement ends. And I'd say I'd say the cool part about it, just for us personally, and what we can share with you guys is the video footage of yep. it. The story is enough, but then when you you know you can. Tie it into some that's what I think is cool. You know, is, is, always I mean, have it. That's what makes me feel pretty fortunate about what we've done for the last twelve years. I will commit to telling the viewership out there. I will tell you what happened to that camera in Mexico season. Yeah, uh, that's on another two. episode. That's on a different episode next week. Maybe next week. Maybe in the future. Anyway, we really appreciate you joining us. If you got a cool little hunting story you want to uh, share with us, write in. Uh, hit us on Instagram, Facebook. Another thank you to Jack Links for providing Clint with the nourishment he needed to correctly articulate his favorite hunting story. I have and, to go to the bathroom. And let me give you one piece of advice. If you run into those cheddar, uh, cheese, curd, and beef stick combination cold snacks from Jack Links, buy the whole box. We'll see you next time. See you next week. Oh.